Hello, it's Dr. Steve Day, and welcome to Systemize Your Success. Today, I'm joined by entrepreneur and round-the-world traveler, Pantelis Zirinis. And we're going to chat today about something which I think is truly remarkable. Pantelis is a restauranter based in London, but he actually runs that entire business from a boat in the Mediterranean. Today, we're going to dig into how that is possible and hopefully get rid of some of those beliefs that people have about how to actually run brick and mortar type businesses without with being completely remote. And it's all about systems and people and all the rest of it. So let's jump in and get started. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Fantastic. Welcome. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Now, I should probably say that Pantelis and I have known each other for some time, about 18 months or so. And I've actually been working with Pantelis over that period to help him with his systems. And we're going to get into that stuff later. Um, but I really want to just, just start by just like, tell us, like, what is your life like now? Where do you, where you live? Where are you? For those of you on the podcast who can't see the incredible background that Pantelis has, which is a, a beautiful ocean with boats sailing past him. And he's sort of sw- slightly swaying around on the camera, looking very relaxed. Uh, and so, yeah, tell us, where are you right now? And, and what is life like for you at the moment? So at the moment, I'm in Lefkada. Uh, like a week ago, we made a crossing from uh, Italy to Greece. Uh, I'm living full time on the, on the boat. Uh, I'm living with my partners. He's moving in in like almost 10 days. And uh, I'm anchored in Lefkada. I work from here. I'm having fun here. It's like basically the boat is like a home to me. So that's where I live. That's where I do everything that a person would do on his uh, daily life. So my life at the moment is uh, out of my week. I work like two days. So it's Tuesday and Wednesday that I, I get in touch with my team. We have all the agendas and all the meetings. And the rest of the days is more like exploring, relaxing, having fun in the water <laughs> that I'm surrounded with. And yeah, I have a business in London, as Steve said, it's a restaurant. Uh, it's a Greek restaurant. We used to do a lot of stuff, but we decided let's specialize in just souvlaki and keep it simple. Uh, I run the whole team remotely. Uh, we have, I think it's 16 people, 16 members at the moment. And uh, there is the main brand in Paddington. And uh, we also opened in February another delivery branch in Shoreditch and uh, we are opening another one in Brent mid-September so yeah fantastic and for anyone interested the restaurant's called it's all Greek to me so do yeah. check it out um and I think w- one thing that also we've not mentioned it but so there's yourself that uh, mm-hmm. you call yourself the CEO what, what title do you give yourself I think the CEO is appropriate yeah <laughs> So there's yourself, CEO, and very remote CEO. Um, mm-hmm. When was the last time you were back actually physically in the business and how frequently do you have to do that? So at the moment, is I don't have a plan when I have to go back. I go back wherever it makes sense on my, on my personal life more than the business. 
Uh, it started in 2018. I was there more like every other week. And then that slowly moved to once a month. That slowly moved to once every two months. And now it, I have the freedom to choose. And uh, the interesting thing, I'm not the only person that is remote in the restaurant. Basically, to... the <laughs> operational manager, <laughs> Maria, is also remote to the restaurant. At the moment, she's in London. It's the first time she's going there for two weeks. So she will go there and, and stay for two weeks just to see the operation and make some improvements. And we also have a person that we got through the recruit right of, uh, of you, Steve, uh, who is, is Zanel and she's in the Philippines. And so you've got your, your ops manager yourself and you're basically the back-end admin totally yes. remote from the business. And obviously the people yeah. in, the, in the restaurant actually making and serving the food, they've got to be there for obvious reasons. Um, I mean, we're trying. We're trying to minimize that too. Like we try to order like a production line that can make souvlaki wraps. The problem is it it was too expensive for our size. But I think we're gonna get there <laughs> to minimize the people on site and to make it very very simple for them too. And this is basically a, a robot you're gonna get to make the food for you, so you didn't know what else. Yes. Can <laughs> so I think I think for for. For myself, I mean, I run an entirely remote business, but I don't have a physical presence. I don't actually need to sort of, you know, touch the things that I'm working with. Um, mm -hmm. I have a property business, which is a little bit different. and that's set up similar to yours, but my coaching business is, again, remote. And so I understand the challenges of working remotely um, and I understand about having to 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 deal with people who you never actually meet in person. But mm -hmm. if you rewind, let's go back to like, what was it like before you started like really removing yourself from the business? What was your involvement right at the beginning? So right at the beginning, uh, basically my first meeting the business was a friend of mine called me and he said, I have a business that I have no idea what's going on. He was just the investor. And uh, can you go to London and put some systems in place? He just wanted a point of sale connection to the delivery, like Uber Eats and Deliveroo, and to have some kind of overview on what the business was doing financially. And that was a project for three to four months that I went to London and I spent some time. The business was madness, just madness. They didn't know who they were buying from, how much they were buying, how much they were needed, what the waste was, like nothing was controlled. And basically, that business failed and that's how I joined as an owner because we restarted the whole thing. I saw a good opportunity and I'm like, okay, I can restart this for you. And we restarted the whole thing. And then slowly, because you cannot build everything in one day, then slowly we started putting systems and we struggled a lot and we had everything that you are using, but we didn't have the structure. We're missing like a couple of bricks here and there. And then meeting George, who's, who, you know, who introduced me to you and organized the business in a way that can be systemized really nicely. And it's still work in progress. Like I'm, we're still working on pipelines. We're still working on, you know, systemizing. Okay, let's systemize this side of the business now. Let's do that side. Let's do the training of the employees, the onboarding. I, I don't think it will ever end, but it's a nice process. Like systemizing a business is really nice because every time you systemize something, is something that you know it's going to work better and you know that you're going to have every month or every three months a nice report telling you what the health of it is. Yeah. And if you've noticed, if you're listening to the podcast, a couple of little glitches and, and it's cutting out a tiny bit, but I think you can still 
totally hear what Pantelis is saying, just in case you're wondering if you were if you weren't hearing something. So uh, we will <laughs> we will crack on anyway. Um, I think the wind the wind has stabilized now, so we should have a good internet connection because it's a satellite connection. So if the boat spins, it yeah, is okay. it can become a bit tricky. <laughs> to pick up a new satellite as it spins on spins on its axis. Yes. <laughs> All right, awesome. Okay, and so that journey you went like again this this concept of actually running a a restaurant uh, completely remotely, and I think there's another key thing here which I think is is really impressive, and this is where. I believe, and I'm interested to hear what your thoughts on this, but this is where the systems really come in is you don't, to my knowledge, you don't actually really have a, what people would deem as a, a restaurant manager who's, who's managing everything about the restaurant in, in-house. Obviously, you have people running the teams and stuff, but actually a lot of that management, from my understanding, is done through your systems and through your operations manager who's based overseas. Is that yeah, I got that so about the, right. initial, the initial plan was to find the superhero, that's the superhero slash manager, yeah. that will just make everything right. And we struggled, I mean, I personally struggled with that a lot. I had a burn down and I had like a big, big crisis, a bit more than a year ago, that I couldn't find this person. I was trying and I was getting one failure after the other. And then what I realized is that this superhero it might he, might he might exist he might be out there but it's very hard to find him and if he decides to go or if something happens to him he goes while if you start building a system you don't really need a superhero you need you just need a confident manager and then he has something he can work with and then when everyone knows what they need to do how it needs to be done how it is controlled then everything becomes a lot easier and then even when that superhero joins, you have more chances of him staying with you than, you know, going crazy because he has to manage too many staff that are unorganized and nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, totally. And I really relate to that on a, on a different scale, but yeah. like the first time I found my superhero virtual assistant to help me with all my admin <laughs> operations, you know, they were great. And actually I did find someone who was really competent and, and that was great for a time. But like you said, they get overwhelmed. There's, there's too many systems in a business for someone to just do and manage and, and, and balance yeah. without things yeah. being standardized and, 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 and then going forward being optimized. And I think that the big wake up for me and one of the big reasons I started the business I now, you know, systems and outsourcing, which is what this podcast is all about. I started that business because when that person left, it devastated me because everything came yeah. back onto me and I couldn't find a replacement. I had to then rethink the way I did business. And that sounds like, I think that's why we got on so well because we have that similar sort of challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If, you, if you rely on one single person, I mean, they are either going to burn out or something might happen in their lives. Something might happen to us and we will burn out and not be able to function the way we used to. But if the system is there, you have more chances of the whole thing moving on. And it's like we support a lot of people. It's good if we make sure that, you know, the business keeps going and all your team members are there and they are being, you know, taken care of. Absolutely. And people crave, in my, from my experience, employees crave structure. And they crave yeah. actually knowing what am I meant to do today when I show up for work? And, of course, there's some roles which you want people to explore and innovate and be creative. 
but that's only the in if from from my experience in the development of the system but once you've got a structure you then need to to replicate that so it's standard no matter who is actually doing that job and, and i know you have a you know you're you have long shifts so it's not the same person in there every day and you come mm-hmm. seven days a week yeah. so you've got this this continual change of people and new people getting hired and all the rest of it and so like it must be absolutely critical to your business to have that that now what you've managed to to develop over the past yes years. and the thing is they crave a structure but at the same time they don't like the change so when you give them structure it is something that changes the daily routines they don't like it but if you push through it's just going to be one or two weeks they will give you some feedback there will be some things that you have to improve but then they will be like yeah now we love it i don't know why we hated it the first day you introduced it but always the first day Everyone is going to be like taking and be like, oh, what's that? Now we need to do that too. Now. But after two or three weeks, everyone loves structure. Yeah. No, everyone wants to, like, this is what I need to do. This is what the person next to me needs to do. So they can trust each other and they can just move on. I mean, at the moment, one of the things that Maria is in, in London and doing is she's mapping the whole restaurant, all the fridges, what goes in itself. Goes, goes. So if you're new, you have a map and you know, where things are and where things go. If you're old, you know where to put them and how to maintain it so you don't, you know, the whole thing doesn't become a mess. Yeah. And I think that you know, the pushback to change, which you mentioned then, yeah. I think that is not to be underestimated. And I, you know, I've worked with hundreds of business owners now, and it's one of the biggest challenges is when there's an established team and you mm-hmm. go in and say, look, we've been doing it this way, winging it for the past X number yeah. of years. Yeah. But now we're going to actually do it the same way every single time. And this is the way we're going to do it. And some people love it and some people hate it. And did you experience such pushback that actually did you lose good people when you started really enforcing systems or did people actually all come over? Usually you don't lose the good people. The good people, they might resist the first week and then slowly they will see, ah, it's a system. Now we now there is more organization. Now we know what to do. And they will stay. Usually you're going to lose the, the people that, you know, you, you had to let go anyway, but you didn't know. It's because like, the moment you put structure to people that just want to freestyle and just want to, you know, it's it's nice to have some people that want to freestyle and that, that are creative. But if it goes too loose, then you just lose control of the business. I think one of the one of the key things um, you mentioned there is about the good people typically change. And when I think the word good there is a, is, uh, and again I'm sort of filling in the gaps because I have spoken to you about stuff before. But it's having a good values match. And yeah. if those people which you deem to be good, they're, they're probably gonna have a similar value system to you. And one of those values I know with you, it, one of your highest values is systems. And so yeah. if you've got a team of people that don't believe in systems when you introduce systems those are the people you're going to lose and yeah that may be really painful in the short term and i've experienced this myself but in the long term it is the only way to actually create a business that can give you this amazing lifestyle that you develop for yourself out yeah for sure otherwise you're always going to be micromanaging and being on top of every single thing of the business like you have to, I'll give an example, like what time does the supplier make a drop? If they don't make it in the morning and they make it midday when you're busy, they completely destroy your business. So what we did is on the, on the pipeline, we just added at the time and every month we have a report now. 
but we know who is failing and how, what's the percentage. So we just, instead of telling them you failed on Wednesday, this month you failed 25%. It's good, but you can improve. It's, it's a completely different approach than calling every day and telling, ah, oh, yeah, you were late. Why you were late? No, this month you 25%. We want to get it down to 10 and then we can work together. If you keep on 25, then we're going to look for alternative. It's a completely different approach than every day trying to push it. <laughs> and this is just to, from my understanding, this is you're talking about external suppliers. In this case, it's delivery yeah. people from external companies. And I yeah. think it's a really yeah. interesting insight is that you've, in effect, given your exter- the external contractors you work with, you've given them KPIs. You're yeah, you give them KPIs. Accounts, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You have a KPI for everyone, and you're like, yeah, I would like this to improve. While on a daily basis, there's always an excuse like, yeah, there was traffic, there was this. Of course, there's going to be traffic 10% of the time. Yeah, leave, if it's leave, 25, leave it <laughs> then it's like, ah, oh, something is wrong. If it's 50, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you just re- reminded me actually of um, when I was in a, working as a, a junior doctor, I was, um, I've always been a, a systems kind of guy and I really struggle to actually work in a, a non-systemized uh, business because I just forget to do stuff. And so um, we were, we had one of our key jobs was to, when a patient leaves a hospital, you have to just write a summary and then that gets sent off to the, to the, the GP, mm-hmm. the, the, the house doctor to, um, to look after them in the community. And this was like something that was done so badly. The, the delays were into the months and months of people actually getting a discharge letter. And, uh, and I tried to systemize this. And it was a really simple process of like where the notes are put and who is then kept accountable. And like literally just like standardizing the simplest things. And it took me about six months to push that through to the existing admin team. And it was making their life easier. I was, that's my whole job was to make their yeah, life easier. Yeah. But literally it took me, yeah, the red tape was insane. We're talking about the NHS here. It's a big, it's a big beast, but it's a know, big, it doesn't yeah, matter, it doesn't matter what the organization is. That, that resistance to change is why I think, you know, when I work with a lot of business owners, they, they, they experience that. And then they think, Oh, maybe this isn't, you know, that isn't, this isn't the right way to go because it's not easy. But you, mm. You've got to get through that. And then like you say, and have systems for your suppliers and systems for your contractors and systems, you know, to be able to hold everybody to account. Yeah. And I think that the mapping that we're doing with creating a chart and creating, splitting down the whole process, you're like, Okay, receiving, you know, receiving a drop from a supplier, you know, yeah, he just drops it. No, he does just, he's not just dropping it. It's like probably 10 or 15 steps, like getting a corporate order. There are a lot of steps involved. And some of the steps ensure that we get good reviews at the end. So we get more orders. And then if you don't break it down, a lot of the steps are, are done in a different way by Steve and in a different way by George and in a different way by Maria. And then you break it down in steps and you're like, why you're doing it this way? Let's find what's combine all the ways and find the best one and standardize it. And then everyone's, oh yeah, why we're doing this step? I don't know. Nobody knows. There's a step there that takes 10 minutes. And you're like, why are you doing it? We don't know. We just, that's the way that it was introduced by the, and maybe three years ago, it made sense. Now it doesn't. <laughs> I, I think for me, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because it's one of the things I'm most passionate about. So we have a perfect process pipelines methodology, and this is just a way of, yeah. and this is what we're talking about here. It's a way of basically capturing what it is that's actually happening in your business in a visual way. So we use flowchart app. If you're interested, the one we use is Lucidchart. And 
Um, there's many other apps out there. Um, and what that, <laughs> what that enables you to do is to, is to very quickly, um, once you've got the hang of the basics, is to actually just, just map out, this is, this is how my business is actually working right now. And once it's there in front of you, <clears throat> in a, you know, a diagram, in a black and white, so to speak, it's much more information and more easily read by somebody else than just a checklist or even worse, you know, just a, a, a basically a bag of a back of a fag pack sort of process, which many, which many businesses run on. It's like, I imagine like yeah. if you didn't, before you had the process, probably, oh yeah, delivery guys here. Right. Uh, let's, let's uh, do something. Let's deal with the delivery. And, yeah. and now it's like, you can actually see sat on the other side of the, the um, other side of Europe. You can actually see, well, I know what's happening every day because it's there yes and you also introduce steps that that are working in your advantage for kpis or statistics like on the invoice just write down the time they drop it so when it's scanned the person can add it on the pipeline and then we can get the statistic so the moment you break it down you just connect one one of your system with the other and it works so nice and so in harmony but it's always going to be work in progress like if you go for perfection you're never going to get there because sometimes we try to overthink it. Sometimes we try to, you know, nah, it's not perfect. Let's not introduce it yet. You just need to run it. Then after a month, make a review, improve it, improve it, improve it. It's never going to be perfect, but it's going to be like good enough so people know what to do. <laughs> and just thinking about that, like about this, this, this concept of continual improvement. Mm. For me, it started when I started doing this process, which is really what I'm just repeating what you said. Like once I started actually documenting, this is how it happens now, right or wrong, and not overthinking yeah. it, and just saying this is the status quo, then you have something to improve. Mm. And, and and that often people ask me when when should I start creating systems? So I'll ask it to you. So if you did this business over again. Like when would be the time you started mapping things out and actually creating standard ways of working? I think the earlier, the better. But the, usually the problem is you get overwhelmed because you have so many things that are running. So what, what we did together is that like, I made a list. These are the, the things that I think we have on the business because you always think you have 10 and you end up having 100. So, but you have something to start with and you're like, okay, I have these 10 processes. Which is the most important to systemize or which is the easiest one? Maybe the most important is so hard that you're going to get lost. Okay, let's start with the easiest one. That's the easiest one. Okay, let's move it in progress. Let's start mapping out the first step, the second step. And then when you have a meeting with your team, because you have a visual, everyone can see and understand what's going on. If they don't have to know anything about tapping, anything about BPMN, anything about if they see that it's just a box that says, now we scan the invoice, now we put it on, you know, now we put it in the sun, now we do this, now we communicate with our manager. It's very, very simple for people to see. To design it, yes, they need some kind of training, but to just see and have a discussion about is super simple. I, I love doing it. Like, it's one of the things that I love doing in the business. I don't yeah. want to outsource, like, the design of the pipeline, I don't want to outsource it. I love doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned something then about um, team meetings. And so, you know, when you get together as a team, you described. And obviously, for you, getting together as a team doesn't mean booking out a, a boardroom and sitting around a big table. 
this yes. team meeting is happening from all over Europe, from three, four, oh, all over the world, in fact, yeah. so four or five different locations. And so one of the things that we talk a lot about, you know, within our programs is about like how you actually run meetings, but how do you, how do you adapt to that? Like what we've shared, like what, what do you do? How do you run those meetings? How do you manage them? Like stick to agendas, all that kind of thing. If you're working in this very remote team. Yeah. So in the beginning, when we say that guys, we're going to have fixed meetings, everyone was like, yeah, but we're going to waste one and a half hour of a week and maybe two hours. And, and I'm like, let's give it a try. It's like, okay, we just run it for a month and see how it goes. I was also scared in the beginning. Like, are we introducing too many meetings? Are we, what's going on? But what happened is instead of making, of calling each other and just in a way harassing each other, because every time you call someone and he's working on something, you just cut what he's doing. He speaks with you for five minutes. Then he needs to go back to the task. And then he's like, oh, what was I doing? So he needs another five or 10 minutes to orient himself and continue. So what we did is we created this really nice agenda that you helped us a lot, where we're like, okay, I need to discuss this. Okay, let's add it on the agenda. It's not super agenda. I mean, the, the world, most of the stuff, the world is not going to fall apart. And then on this weekly meeting, we all gather, we go through how the business is doing, like what we did last week, what kind of reviews we get, what kind of turnover. We go all the KPIs and then we're like, okay, let's discuss now who needs help with what. And they have already put it on the agenda. I mean, sometimes they don't put it on the agenda, but again, you just add it then and there. It's never going to be perfect, but it replaces these 10 or 15 or 20 phone calls through the week. It replaces it with one single meeting where everyone is there and everyone is updated. Like, I need help on this thing. All right, who can help you? Maria can help you. George can help you. And it gives it a lot of structure. Again, a lot of resistance from the team. A lot of resistance from the team. What worked for me is you need to keep same day, same time. Every time we moved it, people were dropping out because the moment they know every Wednesday at three o'clock they will have this meeting, if they have been doing it for a month or for two months, then it becomes natural. It also becomes natural to me. I know on Wednesday I'm going to have a meeting at 12 and another meeting at 2. And it happens every single Wednesday. So I manage my whole life around having this meeting because it's, it's consistent. And then you discuss it, you put it on the agenda, and then the next week you see, does, does it need some help? Has it become stale? Has it been completed? And it's really nice when you see this, like, when you complete things, yeah, this is done, this is done, this is well done, people. We just sorted out three of the problems. And it gives them like, oh, yeah, we sorted this, these things out. And they get inspired and they get more, you know. The, people are happy when they see things being checked. While in the past, it, everything was an emergency. Everything was treated like an emergency. Every single thing was an emergency. Like, oh, this happened. Blah. Like, guys, it can wait. It's like on Wednesday, we are having a meeting in three days. It's on average, it's for three or four days. Can it wait? Most of the time, it can wait. And also, sometimes people feel something is important. Then they put it there, they let it sit. And after, when Wednesday comes, they're like, yeah, yeah, I did that, but I don't need help. I sorted it out. <laughs> yeah. And that, that that for me is one of the, <laughs> the, the the most what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, in, I can't think of the right word. It most the positive thing about running meetings that that you didn't expect is it reduces the amount of time you spend managing. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. And there's this fear. Then, I remember, I remember your, your when we discussed it originally. Yeah. 
yeah pushing yeah. back and like no i don't want to do set meetings and you know we'll um i would talk about we can maybe we'll talk about one-to-ones as well um go in a minute but like this idea of actually formalizing this in a very structured way i mean mm-hmm. for me like i, I love the ideas i got from a great book uh, called traction by gino wickman and we've adapted yeah. sort of some of them, but that's the kind of structure called talks about a level 10 meeting. And then that's, we, we use that as a basis for what we now have in our, in our training. And if that complete standardization of every meeting, and you, I wouldn't believe it worked until I'd done it. And, and suddenly I'm like, oh, things are happening. And like you say, by the time that comes, most people just sort them out themselves because they can't bother waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's also nice for everyone in your team to get together once a week and say, like, last week, that was our turnover. This was the success. This was the failure. This is, like, everyone now has an oversight. Like, we had we had 500 hours of, uh, of, of employees working for us. Why did we have so much? Oh, yes, we had this. Next week, we're going to drop it. Don't worry. Like, everyone comes and gets an idea and an impression of how the business is doing and what we need to work on. And then, of course, on the meetings, you have your quarterly goals to so give focus to people. Like we discussed it, we said, this is what we're focusing. Are we, because a lot of times they add things like, okay, let's add, let's bring the authentic Greek cuisine. Like it's not on our quarterly goals. Let's discuss that when the quarterly goals comes. Because if you have too many things added and too many things being discussed all the time, everyone is, you know, is running left and right. This is the quarterly goals. That's not part of the quarterly goal. Is it so urgent? Sometimes it is like if an oven has broken, yeah, it is. You have to, it does, it's, it's not on your quarterly goals, but you have to fix it so they can work. But other times when it's like, should we add this thing on the menu? It's not urgent. Let's just make, let's just add it when we make a full menu review. And that, that, what you just described then, it's easy said than done. Yeah. But it is life changing. And, and I, and I will, I never pretend that, you know, I do this perfectly all the time. But, the 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 goal is that the goals are the goals. The goal is that you yeah, make yeah. a decision. You make a bit of big business decision with the leadership team, and then you stick to that, unless you know some something complete crisis happens or something that is yeah yeah yeah. Actually, yeah. this is a really bad idea. Let's just stop. And stopping things is actually okay. But one of the things that in the past no stop stop stopping thing is the best thing ever. Yeah. Like. Otherwise, everyone is running headless. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I still do. I still, just despite you know my best intentions, will will at the beginning of each quarter, I'm always a little bit overambitious, and then I'll just get a few weeks oh. in and go, "This is this is never going to happen." Let's just pause that, pause that, pause that. We'll we'll come back to it. It's nothing, you know. And I think that's you know the reality that you don't get it right all the time. You just got to be willing to actually to say no. Um, so yeah, I have a feeling because you give it structure. The first time, you're not going to get it right. The second time, you're going to get it a little bit better, a little yeah. bit better, a little bit better. Because you see that I got overwhelmed and I had so much stuff. It's not going to work. Guys, let's try and focus on less. And then the, the whole team gets like much better on the capacity. Because initially, we think, yeah, that's easy. That's easy. That's easy. Let's add 20 things. And then, I mean, the first quarter was really bad. We added so many things there. And then we realize, let's cut it down. Let's cut it down. Now we have a review at the end of the month and it's going really well. But that's like, I think the fourth quarter we're running this way. Yeah. And it's a bit, it's a bit actually thinking about um, agile project management. 
for anyone who mm. like knows this software development yeah. project, project management, and they talk about things like work units. And the idea is that you basically, your team has a certain capacity. And if you can f- roughly figure out the, the, the how long in terms of work units, there's lots of ways to derive that, but like, is it, is, is it mm. working an hour? How many hours of work roughly, like in a way, will this project take for the team over the, over the course of a month? And, and I found that when I did something similar to that, I massively overestimated what my team could achieve and myself massively mm. overestimated to a factor of like multiples of like, we actually didn't, you know, and then you just basically scale it back, like exactly what you just said. And you but you can actually put a figure rather than saying the number of goals, you can take it one step further and say, well, that goal is a big goal. Therefore it's going to be lots yeah. of time. That goal is a small goal. And it sounds so obvious, but if you've yeah. got four big goals, you're not going to hit them all. But you might have one big goal, one medium goal and two small, that's okay. And so actually- Yeah, but you, you can also build a small goal in small minds, milestones. Yes. And then that makes sense too, because if you have a massive, like some of the goals are quite big and they take time and they cannot be done in a quarter. But as we discussed, let's split that on what we are going to do this quarter. Yeah. So people focus on only on that because if they start and try and get the whole thing in a quarter, then it's not going to work. Oh, yeah, we- if we get to that milestone, we are happy. That's what we can do the next quarter and the next quarter. And here you have something. You just as long as you're having progress and you have a direction, I think it's good. Yeah. When you go backwards, is the problem. If you yeah. go forward, even small steps, you're gonna get there. You have time. Yeah. <laughs> and we and one of the things that we um that we we talk about and we do in our business uh to actually allow those goals to stretch over multiple quarters and actually some quarters you'll do a bit then you'll stop then you'll come back to it and we we create a, a vision board for each project or a project vision and it's like saying look what is the ultimate goal of this project and that goal yeah. may be you know if you're in sales it may be to generate you know 10 million a year in revenue that's not going to happen this year but mm. if you break that down into what are the the 10 year, like the 10 years worth of progression that need to be. And then what do I need to do this quarter to get there? I'm just really repeating what you just said, but in a slightly different way. It's like it makes yeah. it, it makes it manageable. But by having that long-term goal as well, people can see why they're doing this. And even if you mm. pour something, it's not forgotten. It's not like we're never going to come back to this because there is a long-term vision. It's just for now we need to focus on some other areas of the business. I think that for me has been yeah. quite a powerful thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like you learn, I think it's very hard, like to say what the capacity of your team is very hard to guess it. You just learn it quarter by quarter yeah. and you get a feeling because you have the list. Because if you don't have the list, you don't know what was accomplished. You forget what was accomplished. Like what did we accomplish the last quarter? I don't remember, but if I go on the quarterly goals and I see them, I'm like, yeah, we have accomplished that. We have accomplished it. With some of the things you forgot, you did it like two months ago. You forgot about it. But it is there, so you review it next quarter, and you're like, okay, yeah. We got 60% of what we put there. Let's bring it down. Let's put less goals so we get closer to 100. It's never going to be perfect. I don't, I don't believe in perfection. It's too hard to get there. Too much work. <laughs> so what, what's next for you, Pantelis? You've obviously described you know, where you're, you're at with your life now. It sounds pretty, pretty nice. And obviously we talked about how you've done this building this remote team and and how you manage everything 
from your from your boat. But what's what's the next chapter for Pantelis? I don't know. I'm trying to find what the next chapter is. So what I've decided to do at the moment is uh, I'm going to take a break. So I'm going to take a three to four month break. And uh, I'm going to be part of the business, but just once a week, I'm going to be going on the meetings and seeing like the whole oversight and everything, but not be 100% active. And uh, plan what I want to do next. We are growing the business. We are opening another branch in Brent in September. But that's all like, because we opened the second one, we have all the process on how we open it, what we need to, you know, the equipment wise, staff wise, everything is there. So I think it's going to be a much easier offering. So yeah, I'm planning for around the world trip, which uh, we discussed it. I wanted to be minimum five years and just sail around the world very, very slowly and explore a lot or a lot of places. So Yeah. I don't have a plan for what's next, but uh, I think it feels good. <laughs> the plan is there is no plan, as I say. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And if people want to follow you, do you have an Instagram or anything they can see your, your travels around the world and get yes. inspired? So it's uh, my personal Instagram is Zirinis P. It's my surname and my initial. And you recently... Wanna... So I'll spell that for you. So it's, it's yeah. Z-I-R... I-N-I-S-P. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And then uh, I recently created um, an Instagram account for the, for the boat. It's sailing.pavanguru. And there we post a lot of stuff on where we move, the whole living on a boat. And uh, yeah, we, we started that a month ago and it's been going quite well. And we'll put all the links in, in the yes. show notes. It's sailing.pavanguru, which is the name of the boat. It means wind is the guru. <laughs> Pavan, how do you spell that? P-A-V-A-N. Going guru. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Pantelis, anything else you want to share today? No, I think we discussed most of the stuff. Cool. I'm going to, I have a few questions I always like to finish with, if I may. Yes. Firstly, what are your two, three favorite apps or bits of software or tools or cool things that you like to use to make your life as digital remote as systemized as you possibly can? I think Asana is the top one uh, because I organize everything there. Like the whole business is organized there. Even... The boat is organized there. I created an inventory. I have all the expiry dates for the safety gear. And uh, I think Asana is critical. Like it's, uh, it's the main thing we're using on a daily basis. Then I do a lot of note keeping and I just use Apple Notes. It's the most simple thing. Super easy, super good. Everything I, every time I have a meeting, I just have the iPad with the pencil and I just drive some notes so I remember stuff. And then Lucid Start, uh, I think it could be better, but I love it for designing the processes. <laughs> All the apps could be better, but the moment you get familiar with them, then I was always looking like, what's the best app for that, for this, for the other? If you get familiar with something, just stick to it. So I think those are the three top on my list. Fantastic. Title of this podcast is Systemize Your Success, but what does success mean to you? So I think success means 
on a personal note, it means the freedom to wake up each morning, no alarm, have energy and like waking up with a smile in your face and anticipation for the day ahead. And also feeling the abundance of time to do whatever inspires you. Not feeling like there is not enough time, feeling that there is enough time to do what you love. Then on a business note is having a team that is the right person at the right place. So everyone knows what to do and you try to split all the tasks of the business in a way that they love what they're doing, which is hard. We have discussed this a lot, but it's like, it's really nice when you work with people and they do the right tasks and the right things for, for the business and for the, for the rest of the team. Good answer. And lastly, <laughs> and lastly, do you believe you can systemize your success and why? Yes. I mean, I think it's the only way to get to what success means for me. You, you need to systemize it. Yes, you can systemize it. It's just step by step, slowly you build it up. Because the problem is if you don't systemize the, the success, you're going to get, you're going to get overwhelmed. Like there are so many things. You don't know where to start, what to work for today, what to do tomorrow, what to do next month. It's like everything comes to you and you're like, oh my God, it's two months. And then you get overwhelmed and then nothing works when you're overwhelmed. Fantastic. Pantelis, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so thankful that you uh, took the time out of your busy schedule to uh, to come and uh, have a chat with me today and you know to inspire me by looking at your awesome backdrop as we've been sat here talking today uh, so I can't thank you enough and just congratulations on on all of your amazing achievements with the business because I think it really is a testament to what is achievable if you have a a single vision like you do and and, and a, yeah. a determination to actually make that into reality so yeah fantastic Thank you very much, Stephen. You've been part of that. You have helped us a lot. It was like we had everything there. If you remember, like when we met, everything was there. I was using the apps you were using. It's just one or two things that made it like all come together and start working. But it took like a year and a half, which is not much. No. <laughs> not in the big picture. No. <laughs> cool. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you too. Thank you very soon. All right. Take care. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.